Not Just Football with Cam Hayward is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Not Just Football with Cam Hayward. You know me, I'm Cam Hayward. You know Hayden, my longtime producer um, and best friend. How you feeling about, uh, well, first we get how you feel. Um, we have a really good schedule for you. We're going to talk about this NFL schedule release. And then we have Billy Gardell in the back end. But Hayden, how are you feeling about the NFL schedule? Uh, excited. Uh, I think it's always an exciting time of the year. I don't know. I always want to ask you this. Do you do what all the fans do? Where like, as soon as I get the schedule, I start going win, loss, win, win, loss, loss. Do you do that? Or do you still stay in the moment as the guy who's like, uh, you know what? One week at a time. Nah, I really don't look at it. I just like to hear everybody make these assumptions about, oh, man, it's a trap game. Or, oh, man, like, you got to worry about the losses right here. Uh, they're really starting to pummel on. I'm like, dude, it's freaking May. And we're worried about the schedule release and how a team's going to look. And then, you know, for them to say win or loss right now sounds pretty asinine to me. Like, there's so many different things that can happen besides the first game. First game, you can still be affected by preseason most of the time. Um, I know we open up with the 49ers, uh, which is a great team coming off of winning in the NFC Championship or losing in the NFC Championship. But, you know, they're going through a lot of turnover, too, at quarterback. Um, and you don't know how they're going to look going in. So there's so many different factors that happen can happen before the season even starts. So they're like, put all your eggs in the basket and say, oh, well, I think they're going to be eight and nine. Or, oh, I think they're going to be 11 and five and one. You know, something crazy like that. You just, it's hard to really put yourself in a position to say, hey, I'm going to put everything on these games going this exact way because what I know now, and there's nothing else that can happen between then and now. Well, thank you for crapping on the fans parade here. Uh, I'm mostly just crapping on your part. This is what we like to do, man. I'm all mad. I'm looking into like, I see all these predictions. You guys are only going to win like eight. Like they think the over-under is eight and a half games or something like that. I'm like, I don't know about that. I could find 10 wins at that schedule. Um, You know, but I'm, I'm glad you mentioned a team like the 49ers, obviously different turnover, different things like that. Um, Do you start to think about, is it Brock Purdy? Is it Trey Lance? Um, you know, the crazy thing about them is their schedule, their team is not just designated by a quarterback and, uh, they have a really good running game with Christian McCaffrey, uh, really good defense. Um, they get Debo, Debo Samuel, the ball a lot in so many different ways, uh, that I wouldn't just plan for the quarterback. You got to plan for their entire team. This is not a team. You just say, oh, he's going to drop back and give you, you know, 40 to 50 passes, and it's going to look standard as always. They mix it up. They do a great job of uh, not really being able to be keyed on by one player. So to just sum it up to a quarterback, I I don't really do that. Uh, I'll definitely start my homework pretty soon just so I can get a jump and start to feel more comfortable. Those NFC teams, we don't see them that much. So we have to spend a lot more time to become more familiar with uh, but I'm really excited. I get to see my dude, Javon Hargraves, who just signed a new extension. I told him about the show, and I said, you need to come on after you get that extension. He was like, hell yeah. So we'll have him on soon. But uh, excited to play a guy like that. Uh, Eric Armstrong as well. Those two guys up front are are, are monsters. Um, they, they have a really good defense all the way around. So it's going to be a fun game, though. Wait, so- but on that, we have to talk about 
it's been like a decade since we've ask. had. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask. Yes, I mean, it's you, been a decade since we've had our first home game, and like, I mean, to open the season. So I'm looking forward to it. I think the last time was versus Cleveland. And I thought we got out to an early start. I think that might be in the game. Like, A.B. kicked the dude. Kicked yeah, the kicked punter. the guy in the face. Oh, you, we scored like 24 in the first half. And then I think, did that game end in a tie? Or, or no, no, it didn't end in a tie. But it, it was close. They came it back. It was later. close. Yeah. And I think we were playing Brian Hoyer. The thing I hated about that game was we were scoring so freaking fast mm-hmm. that, like, the defense got worn out. And so, you know, it's 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 cool when your offense is scoring. Uh, but you want them to have like long drives, and I felt like Le'Veon was scoring a bunch, AB was scoring a bunch, and so you're like, yeah, yeah, back on the field. Whew, it's going to be one of those days, and you know how like that September heat can mm-hmm. creep up on you if you're not careful. No, I'm glad you mentioned that because it is weird. It felt like you guys were starting on the road constantly. Go into a little bit of the, what that means, though, and how nice it is to be able to stay home week one instead of having to travel somewhere. I don't, you know, I. I just think it would have been nice to get a good balance. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't mind going yeah. home or away, but, you know, 10 years with, like, no opening game at home is kind of crazy. Uh, I know we deal with having the Pirates play, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be a fun game. Um, you know, we got a great opponent in the 49ers. Um, you know, they probably travel well as well. So it's going to be one of those games that uh, defense is going to be a major factor because, uh, you don't know what to expect on either offense because they're going to look completely different. Yeah, and I, and I know we've talked about you don't like to look ahead, right? Any games, mm-hmm. though, any stadiums, anything that you saw on the schedule that you're pretty excited to go play in? So I, I did get excited for the Raiders game, not oh, yeah. because of gambling reasons in the Caesar, Caesar Palace uh, sports book, but I got excited because I'd never played in that stadium in an NFL game. I play there for the Pro Bowl, but I really want to play in there. Um, playing that spaceship they they have over there. Uh, it's like the Death Star, I think. Um, other games, hmm. you know, the thing I really look at is we got two Thursday night games, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing we have going for us is they're all at home, and we have a home game before. Mm. So, you know, if you can find little, you know, silver linings, that works <laughs> in your favor. You know, you you play at home. And you don't have to travel the next week for a Thursday night game. Uh, you know, I think that can play a factor in the trying to get your body right. Uh, it, it's, you know, grasping at straws, but man, I, I got to do it at this point. Let, let me ask you this. Would you rather play on a holiday and have one Thursday night game or have two Thursday night games and no games on a holiday? Because I don't think this year, no Christmas, no Christmas Eve. There's New Year's Eve, but we talked before the show. You don't consider that a holiday anymore. Yeah, screw, uh, screw New Year's Thanksgiving, Eve. Yeah, I, I, I fall asleep with all my kids now. <laughs> so what would you rather have, two Thursdays or a game on the holiday? Oh, man. I don't like my holidays that much as it is. Uh, you could take one of these Thursdays away. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's um, you know, selfishly, you want your holidays because you want to celebrate with your family. But your body needs time to recover. Um, and you know, those Thursday night games are not going to be easy. We play good opponents in the Patriots, uh, and the Titans. So, you know, we got to make sure we get our good rest of sleep. Not going to be a big week of hitting during those weeks, uh, leading up, but you know, it all comes down to being on top of your playbook and being able to execute when you're tired. How much does the opponent the week before a Thursday game matter? 
I don't really look at it as opponent week before because it's not like I got to get up to play any of these games because like any NFL game, I'm up. Like I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. But I think it comes down to just trying to prepare your body. Uh, And the Coach T does a great job. It's more, you know, walkthroughs, nothing really with pads on because just the wear and tear on your body, I'm usually not feeling good till about a good (laughs) Thursday. So (laughs) – (laughs) and that's being nice you know monday and tuesday feels like i can't walk i can't do anything right um (laughs) and if we've lost that game i'm even worse than that oh so bad that adds so (laughs) much to it like you are oh my god people don't even know the half of it man for sure you take them hard for sure i do but i think uh, going on a win uh, and then starting your week it's just recovery 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 um studying studying um, the main thing you want to do is watch as much film as you can. If you don't watch film, and you don't prepare yourself for your opponent. You're you're in for a shellacking at that point. When do you take notice of each division game when you look at the schedule? You know, I, I it's funny you bring it up because I felt like last year it was like we played division games early and then divisions games late. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we have our we have a couple of division games in the Bengals and the Ravens towards the end of your schedule. Uh, but you know, early we, 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 we've got the Browns and we got the Ravens at uh week five, but, mm-hmm. uh, you gotta be able, you gotta win those games. Um, you know, it's not in the thick of your schedule for the most part, it's not in the middle of your schedule. Uh, but we, we got a, you know, we got a Monday night game. So you get an extra day to prepare with the Browns, uh, and then a one o'clock game at home with the Ravens, uh, which is leading to your buy. So you really want to take care of business in that approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we don't play the Browns again until November 19th. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's another one o'clock game at the Browns, at the Bengals. Um, you know, those are tough games on the road. But, you know, we got to be able to go in Ohio and uh, pick up two critical wins. Yeah, those schedule makers don't you do you any favors when they give you at Browns, at Bengals, and then end it with – Bengals at home at Seahawks at Ravens. So obviously very challenging, um, but I, I don't love how they sometimes stagger those games, man. That's, hey, that's a tough between matchup. the Bengals and the Ravens, we got a Bengals game on Saturday, right? And then I get to go out to Seattle and pick up oh. some original Starbucks coffee and then come back to the Ravens. What a scre- schedule. That's yeah. unbelievable. I yeah. love it. Uh, hopefully you take care of business early uh, in that season too. That's just a tough way to end early, it. Early, right. late, you know. Don't, well, yeah, but you, you don't want to be trying to get every win possible with that tough of an ending. It's tough. You need to do your business early so you're Aiden, taking care of yourself. I want to take care of every game. Okay. This is not a question of, oh, I won't only want the first couple or oh, I only want the last couple. Like, we got to get every one. Um, if we want to, you know – get to the playoffs and have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Uh, none of these games are going to be cakewalk. You know, you could sit up here and tell me Raiders and Texans, but Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo with Josh McDaniels, that, that that's a good team, I think, that's going to surprise a lot of people. Texans, what are you getting in that quarterback? You're going to throw them out early and see what you got. Um, you know, Rams, they've already won a Super Bowl in the last three years. Uh, Jaguars went to the playoffs Titans you know you can sit up here and talk about they just drafted Will Levis but you got Tannehill in front of them you got Derrick Henry um you got Jeff uh Jeffrey Simmons on top of that on the defensive line uh Cardinals is Kyler going to be ready for that game uh the Patriots 
what is your team going to look like then? And I didn't even mention with the Raiders, you could have a different quarterback in there and Tom Brady because Tom Brady just, you know, is well, getting involved in owning a I, team. I don't know. We do an owner <laughs> player with that. I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting one. But I also think I think to your point, this is a league that may be better than every better than any league that, you know, turnover from one season to the next that a team that loses maybe get turns out last in their division one year is first in their division next year. Remember the a, 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 NFC South had that where like for like six consecutive years, the team who finished last finished first the next year. So you can't go down the schedule as fun as it is for the fans and just say, Hey, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Although I do think I can find the stinkers in there. I do. I can find games that you guys are going to lay an egg. It happens every year with everybody. Okay. It does. Don't give me that look. I'm going to give you that look. Cause it's bull crap. Um, you know, <laughs> these teams, these, these teams are looking to beat you every week. Um, sometimes they get your numbers. Sometimes you get theirs. Uh, but you have to be willing to, you know, be able to play out there. You don't know what's going to happen. There's always availability that somebody can get beat on any given day. Mm -hmm. And uh, you look at this schedule, it's cool to look on a paper, but uh, I'm not going to, you know, be scared of it or, you know, throw caution into the wind and say, oh, we got to do this. We got to win this game because the next game is going to be uh, tough or we got trap games. Trap games, trap games, trap games. They We're talking exist. about trap games. They exist. They are real. I trap mean, games I, are not real. It's all for fans. It's all being pubbed out by people who haven't played football before. No, that's you're there's just nobody in an NFL locker room that talks about trap games. Bull crap. Well, we have this conversation when you retire. You can fully be honest about this. You have to be a company guy right now and say one week at a time, no trap games. There are times you get on there and you look at the team you're playing. You think we're going to kick their butt this week. Okay. That doesn't mean a trap game. Well, a trap game is a team that is inferior that you maybe don't get up for as much because you just thought you're going to show up and beat them. Hayden, you know what you do? The teams you want to beat and you say you're going to beat, you go out and beat. You know, you put on your be best performance because I'm going to look at I'm going to look at the schedule and, you know, I'll say I'm playing this guy and I'll say, oh, they got a left guard that shouldn't be playing. I better, wow. get, I better get going. I, I don't look at it as team versus team. I look at it as opponent versus opponent or player versus player. And you're right in the sense of we can't predict injuries too, right? Yes. We can't predict who's out, who's in, who's playing, who's not. So it is kind of stupid to do it. But honestly, don't crap on fans. That's what we like to do. Um, you mentioned Brady, okay? Right. Now there's rumors all over that he is developing a partnership with Mark Davis to be part owner of the Las Vegas Raiders. Is this an owner slash player situation where Brady's going to be a co-owner and maybe the quarterback? It's out there. It's got to be out there. <laughs> <laughs> like when you look at Tom Brady and we say he, he was about to retire, then came back. And now he's going into a situation where he knows the head coach. He's, he's played under him as OC. Um, and now you're telling me he might get some ownership. I don't know how that works in the NFL um, because NBA it's been done before Michael Jordan um did it but what how can i put this past brady how can i say he wouldn't want to suit up a couple times just to see if he still got it you know he's gonna see jimmy garoppolo out there and say well, uh, I, I can't do that <laughs> it's kind of cruel to do that to jimmy again right i mean 
I don't know. And I guess the question is too, is it possible he could be as bad of an owner as Michael Jordan was? Ooh, it's definitely possible, but I think it'd be hard him becoming it'd co-owner be, instead of just owner is, is a better, is a better feat. It would be really hard to be as bad as MJ is. MJ is as bad at being the owner of a franchise as great as he was as a player. Like that's how terrible it's been. Okay. Like it's been really bad. What, what's what been the worst part about MJ? I mean, Cam, how owner? many times have they made the playoffs since he's been the owner of the, of the, what are they, what are they even called now? Hornets? Yeah. The, the Hornets now. Okay, great. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just think it's been bad and you know, it's, I don't know that Brady could be much worse, honestly. Brady, Brady, Brady's going to be okay. I think he has a good sense of what's going on, I think. But, you know, if you if you get an opportunity to be an owner, you take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah. And I hopefully we start to see more players get the ability to get into that too, right? I don't think we've had very many players who could become owners at this point. It feels like now the salaries are getting high enough where maybe they can. Yeah, salaries are getting up there, <laughs> to I say mean, the yeah. least. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, does this mean, though, he turned down the $375 million he got? as a broadcaster or whatever. Well, didn't he just come out and say that he, that was just all a smoke screen and that he hadn't uh, turned down that opportunity, but uh, you can't be an owner and an analyst at the same time. I think so. Is that a rule? Is that a rule? I don't know. I just think that's an odd pairing. Like, Oh, I just own the team. Let me jump on this, this telecast and, <laughs> and talk about my team. Where does the favoritism stop? Well, also, too, don't they have like meetings and stuff with the coaches? And the, so, like, Brady's getting inside information, too, if he's a if he's a broadcaster. Yeah. Um, and imagine him, you know, we're getting into the gambling age. Right. And so what he's going to tell you what's going on with the team. And, uh, you know, I saw these these guys compete. I saw these guys in the training room. Didn't look like they were going to play. We'll see what happens. No, nah, that's not going down like that. I don't know. I think uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it's crazy to think where that's at. And I would say this though too. I don't want to be a broadcaster longer than five years. Everyone hates Tony Romo now. Everyone loved Tony Romo five years ago or whatever he started, and now everyone thinks he's terrible at it. And I just think if I'm Brady, go be a go be an owner slash player and forget that three hundred seventy five million. He doesn't need it. Okay. Last thing I'll say about Tom Brady is he's going to be like Shaq. Anytime Shaq gets on, everybody listens. That's true. Because what? He's got all those freaking rings. And, you know, when we're looking at it, Tony Romo's like the Charles Barkley of the situation. Oh, come on. Don't and, we're, that we're, and that's being nice. Charles is great. Yeah. But, you know, when Shaq talks, I mean, it's the rings that speak most of the time. And, you know, you want to be fortunate enough to get one. And, uh, you know, our celebrity uh, that we have on for the last part, uh, he's been able to watch some of our Steelers get some rings. So, you know, it, it's going to be fun to talk about. Yeah, no. Um, all right. One last thing before we get out of here today. I We got to talk a little about NBA playoffs. And tonight, obviously, or I think, I don't know when this is coming out. The Lakers and Golden State are playing. Does this get pushed to game seven? No, it gets done today. You think so? LeBron's taking care of business. Does AD play, though? AD's playing. It wasn't even a concussion. He's just he was What do you think about that? I saw Chuck and Shaq laughing about it. AD needed to be wheelchaired out on a concussion. Uh what, what as a guy who plays at a sport that's pretty violent, how does that make you feel? You don't know how concussions can happen. Um, but you know, I, I think he's gonna be okay. But we'll see. They gotta get this game because you don't want to go back to Golden State. 
No, I agree. I think if they go back to Golden State, they're in trouble. Oh, uh, and last thing, blow up the Suns, right? No, not blowing up the Suns. Oh, dude, come I'm on, Devin Booker, work. and I'm keeping K- KD. Um, I might trade DeAndre Ayton, but that's about it. Oh man, that team really fiddled out, dude. That was ugly last night. Two years in a row, too. They have been blown out in the playoffs to be eliminated. It's crazy. Who they play last year? Dallas beat them by like fifty. Oh man. <laughs> um. So it's been ugly. It's been ugly exits for them. I don't know, obviously, what contract situations are there, but man. Also, too, do you bring CP three back? I don't know. That looks like a tough one. I know. That's <laughs> I, what I'm I saying. Think, you know, Chris Paul's done an amazing job um, for all these years, but when you start to see the injuries start to pile up over and over again, it, it's tough to say that he's going to be back next year. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. That was hard to watch, though. I mean, I looked, I peeped during the first half. They were down like twenty five, and I'm like, "What the heck happened here?" It's like scary, very scary. Uh, But you know, that brings us to the end of this segment. We got a special conversation with Billy Gardell, Steelers celebrity fan. Uh, He's more Pittsburgh than us. And, and, yeah, for sure. You know, he reps Pittsburgh up and down. And so uh, everybody take a listen and tell us what you think. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OmahaFull and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. You keep those winnings. But if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer must be valid. Must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 wage only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount or qualifying wager return only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with the Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed to the Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio. Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We have a special guest, a Pittsburgh native, Billy G., He's a Pittsburgh. Are you a Steeler fan, or are you just you know a Pittsburgh well, fan? I gotta ask I grew that up first. In Swissville on Harrison Avenue. Come on, man. We're gonna dive right in. Who's your favorite Steeler of all time? All time, gotta be Jack Lambert. All time, Jack Lambert. Lambert all, all time. that's all time. But I will tell you, as of right now, you are my favorite. You're. Oh, you're being. Listen, kind. you can ask anybody who knows me. By the way, bro. I I bought this autographed jersey from a memorabilia place. Is that is that autograph legit? Is that you? Cam, you made it buy it? Right? I didn't know he was buying well, it. Man, Billy, you could have asked. Billy, you could have yeah. asked. Is that you? Does that look like you're writing? That's okay. me. Billy, you could have just <laughs> asked me for a jersey. I would have got you a jersey. I don't want to bother you, man. No, you you are my favorite because I always pick a Steeler that represents the team, the city. And I like who they are off the field. And you are that cat right now, man. You're 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 my absolute favorite. I appreciate that. But all time. So you say. And, and the Lambert picture I love the most is when he has no teeth in, no mouthpiece in, <laughs> and he's breathing cold air, and it just looks like a dragon. He just looks like a dragon. He'd do that little when he come up the line. He'd do that little shimmy shake. Just couldn't wait. Yeah. somebody and to me that was like when i was a kid like that's the baddest man that ever lived that's the baddest man that ever lived. i'm surprised you didn't say mean joe if that was the case well mean joe i think mean joe is probably in my top five you know i got i got mean joe god rest his soul uh franco uh rocky blyer is another one big for me mel blunt i mean th- that team mm. i grew up with was like that's who we were when we went out in the street me and my buddies everybody picked a guy from that team and uh and man they were just so spectacular you know just spectacular so did you knock out your teeth to, to make sure you were like jack <laughs> no but i <laughs> bell hit me in the mouth with a skateboard and i couldn't afford to get my chipped tooth fixed so for a little while i looked like <laughs> for, for about five years <laughs> So how long did you stay in Pittsburgh? Uh, I, I left Pittsburgh. My parents got divorced when I was around 11 or 12. And um, then my mom moved us to Florida and uh, just which was a train wreck with this other guy. Florida was actually very good to me because that's why I ended up starting comedy and learning about all that stuff. Pittsburgh, I always say Pittsburgh gave me my work ethic. Florida taught me how to daydream. So I got really good. <laughs> Uh, but um, and then we would do the summers in Pittsburgh. We would come up and stay with my dad for the summer and then the school year in Florida. What's your favorite part of Pittsburgh? Favorite part? Well, man, I'm a homer, so I'm a big fan of, of going back to my old neighborhood to my, my dad's favorite corner bar, Augie Rocco's down there in Swissville. And I always mm. there. But um, I, I love to stay downtown. I love the William Penn Hotel. I always feel like a, a, a 
a dignitary when I walk in there. I love that that old school. You, you just expect a guy going, Mr. Goddell, can I get your bags? Right this way, sir. I always love that old school feel <laughs> of the city. And I, I just, I love the downtown area, uh, you know, and I really love, uh, I just love when you, when I'm in that city that I, I, I don't know, man, it just reminds me of my humor, where I come from, the people I come from, and, uh, and, and the work ethic, you know, and, and that's, that's served me very well in my life. It's funny you bring up the William Penn. Like, that's where we stay for every home game. So if anybody's looking the stock, that's where you need to go. Uh, <laughs> I love it, man. I love, I love when they decorate for Christmas. Feels like Mr. Rogers' neighborhood in there, man. It's the best. Have you been to the speakeasy below? I have. I have. Very cool. Okay. Okay. Nice spot. Nice spot. Um, what would you say – how would you compare comedy and sports? Well, um, and what's the difference? Is the I, I think I think you learn so much from sports, period. I think whether you have a good experience or a bad experience young in your life with sports, it teaches you. I think if you're if you got a good coach, you're going to learn selflessness. You're going to learn not to be envious. You're going to learn to play for the guy next to you. And that kind of that really applies to like stand up's kind of a solo job. But I still root for anybody who gets successful because I know how hard it is. Um, but as far as mm -hmm. acting goes, it's all those fundamentals. I'm here with you. I'm, I'm, you trust me. I trust you. We're in this together. Well, I'm right next to you. You can count on me. And nothing's bigger than the show. And I think you get all of that from sports, especially football and baseball. Mm, I like that. Uh, you brought up having a good coach. And you've probably been privileged to see a lot of great coaches in Pittsburgh. Not too well, many. Only, just a couple. As far as I'm concerned, we only had three. And, uh, <laughs> and the only I we have a, a longer list of coaches is centers. And I think that's about five. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I like, yes, they last pretty long. I like the steadiness of that. Chuck Knoll was amazing. Cower was unbelievable. And I love Mike Tomlin, man. I, I just think the Roonies have chosen so wisely and always kept, in place what it is we're doing. I, I, I just feel like they always put somebody at the rudder that knows how the ship is supposed to go. You know, I just think they do a great, great job of that. What was the differences between all of them? Um, well, no, you know, they called him the emperor and, uh, you know, no mm -hmm. was the guy that uh, came in and said, you know, do your job or you're leaving. I'm not here to motivate you. I'm here to teach you. And there's a, there's a great coaching lesson in that. Cower, they're lucky he didn't suit up and jump in the game at halftime. And that was the most infectious <laughs> thing we needed. And then Mike Tomlin is just, just the cool, like he just exudes cool. Like it doesn't matter. Here's the thing I love about Tomlin. I remember the year Ben went out and somehow they rattle off nine wins. Like it doesn't matter. And even at the end of last year, this is the great thing about being a Steeler fan. And I believe it goes back to Franco Harris is the immaculate reception. When that happened, it kind of, in my opinion, melded into this team that it doesn't matter what the odds are. It doesn't matter what the score is. We're going to take you into the 12th round every single game and we almost snuck into the playoffs last year it's that same mentality like tom was like a mad scientist he just keeps shifting stuff and moving guy and then all of a sudden hey we won that one hey we won that one and then you start doing the crazy fan 
you know, math, like, okay, if Baltimore loses and Miami's plane gets delayed, then we're going to get in, you know, and I hate when we're in that. There's always hope. There's always hope that we're going to sneak in there. And what I love, I love when nobody picks us. I love when we're not, we play better with a chip on our shoulder. And if I ever see that we're favored, I get very worried. I, I like us going in with the attitude like, oh, yeah, you got nicer uniforms and a nicer bus. Okay, we're going to play anyway. And I love that attitude. We're a petty team. We're a very petty team. We're, <laughs> we're a petty city. We're petty a petty city. Petty organization is what I would say. <laughs> uh, hey, Billy, you said Tomlin. Do you have a favorite Tomlinism? Uh, uh, I just like when he says we got to get back in the lab. We got to get back in the lab. We'll get back in the lab, look at some things. We'll get back in the lab. Because I, I know he means that. Like, I'm surprised he doesn't have beakers out at that press conference and he's just trying to <laughs> figure out the formula. So that's that's my thing. Well, like, when he says popcorn, he's like, yeah, that was popcorn. <laughs> and, like, nobody knows what he means. And it's like... <laughs> but he sounds cool. I know what it means. But nobody else knows what it means. It just means it was all over the place. But, you know, he... he uh, that's good. He likes to have a lot of fun That's with it. That's good. Him. And he talks about cutting his eyelids off. I think, yeah. I think one of my I mean, favorite my favorite things was when he just, uh, when we were starting to heat up at the end of last year, and that dude tried to stop him for a picture or something in the hallway, and he was walking by. He's like, I'm working, man. I'm working. I'm like, okay, that- Atlanta. That was in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got a question. When you became famous and everybody knew your name, yeah. What did you like? What was it like coming back to Pittsburgh and you know everybody had a, knowing what you were doing now? You know, man, I'm I'm a B-list celebrity. You know what I mean? I'm not like an A-list over-the-top celebrity. That's for movie stars and stuff. But I'm I'm a good I'm a solid B. I'm a good B. But when I come home to Pittsburgh, because look, Florida was great to me. California has been spiritual to me. But my heart and what what forged me was Pittsburgh. And I've tried my very hardest never to embarrass that, to never disrespect that, and to always come home. And I think the city, you know, I'm on DVE. I've been on DVE for almost 18 years every Tuesday, whether I had a job or didn't have a job. I call in, check in. And and I stayed connected to Pittsburgh because that's where my humor comes from. That's It's the very essence you're taking yourself too seriously. Somebody in Pittsburgh will let you know. <laughs> and so I, I always tried to honor that. And I think because of that, they rewarded me. When I did my, uh, well, I did a special about 10 years ago. My first comedy special was an hour called Halftime. And, uh, mm-hmm. and when I came out, I was, it was at the, uh, uh, the uh, oh, I can't think of it. It's not the Beacon, the, uh, the little one downtown. It's about 2,000 seats. Um, it's, I'm blanking. But I came out. Benedum? Benedum. No, no, no. No, I did the Benedum later. This was the But I came out on stage, and Cam, this is how you know Pittsburgh loves you. It was a sea of terrible towels. When I walked on stage, and it took me back, because it it, it started, like, I didn't, I almost didn't know how to accept that. Because you know, the, the terrible towel, that's the seal of approval in Pittsburgh. Somebody shows up with the terrible towel. And one of the coolest things that ever happened to me uh, in Tampa, Florida, I was I was down there and there was a local Steelers fan club. We have fan clubs everywhere, man. I've traveled all over the country. You know, we have fan clubs. Every, we, have, we travel well, man. And they had a tailgate 
in the parking lot before my comedy show. They were out there drinking beers and waving the towels, and the owners had to go. I go, you can't drink beer out here in the parking lot. Yeah, we're from Pittsburgh. Like that makes it okay. But it's it's that connection. It's that connection. Like I knew, wow, I'm in their heart. I'm going to try not to screw this up. You know. Well, first of all, you're not a B-list celebrity. Yeah. It's the Steelers are bringing you back, and they're calling you out before the game starts. You're not a B-list. Well, I'm not a B-list. They don't do that for just anybody. I'm like an A minus in Pittsburgh, but everywhere else I'm a, and I'm good with that. <laughs> no, I don't mind. I don't need all of it. I just need some of it. You know. Give me your favorite Steeler memory. Well, I have to say, man, um, the first time I was asked to do the terrible towel twirl. I mean, I loved all the Super mm. Bowls and all that, but to be a kid who couldn't even afford tickets when we were kids, like we would go to one game a year. You know, my dad would go to Rudy Marino's and get a hoagie and he'd cut it into four sections and wrap it in foil. And he'd tell you, put that in your pocket and eat that in the third quarter. Don't ask for nothing. And so those <laughs> But when I, on the second year of Mike and Molly uh, was that Jets playoff game on Bettis' last run. And I Mm. the terrible towel that that year and it was uh, it was during the week of filming right so i mean i was out of my mind to to be on the sideline of my heroes i mean i i equate everything to you guys and uh and to be down there getting ready to do that it it, it just blew me like i was nine years old but i did do something really stupid i had i had uh you know they give you a jersey they made me a jersey said gardell on it and so I got a trench coat on. It's freezing out there. And, and then I see all the guys on the line and nobody's got sleeves on. So I said, you know what, man, I'm going to take off this jacket for the terrible towel twirl. And I'm going to be in unison with my offensive line. Right. So I take off my jacket. It, I don't know. It's like 25 degrees. I go out there. I start twirling the towel and I start screaming I mean, out of my mind screaming like I'm like I can out scream the 80,000 that are there. I was just in unison with them. And that wall of sound hits you and, you know, it's time. I burnt my voice out. I got a terrible flu. I flew home with a 103 degree fever. And then I went to the table rehearsal the next day for Mike and Molly trying to fake my way through it. Dude, I'm sick. I'm talking like this. And we got about 10 minutes into the read and they said, okay, you know what? We're, we need to send Billy home. He's sick. And Chuck Lorre walked over to me and he goes, no more playoff games, huh? No more playoff games. Okay. <laughs> so, so I wasn't allowed. To- You're lucky. It wasn't like when uh Ryan Shazier didn't wear anything outside and then you, you would have been, you would have been in hell well, if that was the uh, case. Back then I was a lot heavier. I, I ain't taking my shirt off. You know, big, big men should wear t-shirts. We should, you know, at that time. Wait, wait, you're not for going out there with no shirt on, going out there no, it would look like zero degrees outside? It looked like Fred Flintstone got loose on the field. I didn't want to do that to people. I don't want to hurt their eyes. <laughs> I, it's funny because I remember, I think it was this past year, they were trying, there was a team trying to psych a team out, and they all went out there with no shirts on. Right. You know, they, they're, they're talking a whole bunch of crap, and then they get blown out in the process. <laughs> <And> so... <laughs> You know, I used to watch Wolf at the uh, 50-yard line was Joey Porter. Joey Porter oh. always starting crap out of that. He'd roll the shirt up so his abs were showing, too, and he'd just be jawing back and forth at whoever was across. Grab him from the 50-yard line. I used to love that. Yeah. yeah. 
They shot him in Denver. At least that's what he said. He screamed that after the playoff game in Indy when they were heading to Denver. They shot me in Denver. Then they went to Denver and won. Yeah, I remember him getting shot in Denver. Jeez. Okay, enough about Denver. But let's talk about this draft. What what are we going to take this year? Well, if it was up to me, I'd trade up and take five linemen. I mean, we need. I would get, I'd get some dudes that are bailing hay in the off season. You need some, we need some mouth breathing, snow plow, just big, heavy monsters up front. And that's what I'm rooting for. I know, I know I heard Tom talking about uh, a corner. I know we're, we're interested in a corner, but you know, the stores have always, in my opinion, been able to back up not the strongest corner game when we've been a little weak there because of what you guys do up front. If you're getting to the quarterback quick enough, there ain't no time to look downfield. And we've always been able to to run that scheme, Blitzburg. That's where that all came from. So I really would like to focus on – I don't want to waste Najee Harris's time because I think that mm-hmm. be spectacular. What he's done behind a young, unglued offensive line the last two years has been incredibly impressive. And I would really – to see his second year without danger and i just think that to me that's where i would go i'd go right to the line i I think we got everything else well i love that you always think that uh the d line are the reason why we win because it's it's russian cover working together you know it's not one or one it takes both groups working together. sure sure but up front is all business that's business <laughs> he's the captain, Billy. He remember he's the well, captain. He's got to be told very. You when this started, he has a lot of tact and a lot of grace. But I... yeah. <laughs> that's all business. So, how did you feel about free agency? Then, did you like the, ad- the address that. addresses with the offensive line? Big nasty. We got the big nasty. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm I'm all for that. Um, I know we're not a big free agent team. We don't. We kind of draft. Each, which I think is a long-term plan that's good. But I think in today's league, now and then, you have to you have to go for a few of those acquisitions. And I like what they've done so far. Witherspoon, I like too, if they're going to go after a quarterback. We were talking about him on the morning show this morning. There's a, I think a kid. Uh, maybe Georgia. I don't know. No, where was he? Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. no, he's uh, Illinois. Illinois, right? Illinois. That kid. Illinois, yeah, he is good. He's that, really that, good. He is oh, good. Yeah. There's a couple good corners. I mean, I think Joey Porter's kid's good, yeah. and then there's a guy at Oregon who's yeah. really good too. So there's a couple oh, yeah. good corners you could get. Just, just, just give us. Can't wait till they ask you to do the draft party, though. They're they're going to ask you to present a pick. Are you going to be ready Dude, for that? I would do that in a minute. Are you kidding me? I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an absolute uh, 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 fanboy when it comes to all that stuff. I, I I love anything they ask me to do. I'm in. All right, if you're an absolute fanboy, give me your best Steeler fan moment, whether it's in the stadium or outside the stadium, because I know there's something crazy that's happened along the way. Well, man, there's so many. Um, you know, I always, I, I always go back to the '70s with all those, you know, great, great moments. But I would say uh, Ben making the tackle in Indianapolis. Mm. Because- I literally mm. thought my heart was going to stop when that ball. <laughs> Can you take us to your reaction find, with Bettis fumbles? That they're, they're going to find me dead on my couch. If <laughs> that's just what's going to, my heart is going to stop and explode. And when he made that, I think that was one of my favorite all time moments. And then when I was younger, probably that catch that Swan made up in the air over the top, mm. Drew Pearson. And it was just, Ooh. just 
And but my favorite receiver has always been Stallworth. What you know, John Facenda mm-hmm. said. Uh, what does he say? John Stallworth is like a shot of white lightning, quick at the beginning, smooth finish. And I always thought Stallworth was the workhorse. I thought he was the workhorse. Hmm. So who was the glue guy for those '70s teams? Then you think? Well. I don't know, man. I, I, I think probably Mean Joe set the temple, but I, I don't think anybody wanted to argue with him. <laughs> I think if Mean Joe, <laughs> you just probably did. The greatest moment, the thing that I think put our personality in place was that early game, I think maybe the first or second year he was on the team, and he literally walked through the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles huddle, and then elbowed a guy in the side of the helmet. I'm like, okay, we're going to play now. I would say him, say Lambert. You know, I would say, you know, when Lambert defended uh, Roy Girella, when they knocked down the arc and then Lambert went over and threw the guy on the ground, you know, (laughs) what did Lambert say? Pretty soon they should just put quarterbacks in dresses. (laughs) I always like that quote too. (laughs) Well, it's like you're describing this and I keep thinking this is like a wrestling match or something. (laughs) Well, they were, you know, they were. And I think, of course, Rocky and uh, Rock, Rocky Blyer and Franco in the back. I don't know, man. They had a they had such a beautiful team mentality. A lot like what I think is bubbling for you guys right now. I think I think Pickett's mm. going to be a monster, man. I do. What do you like about Pickett? I like him because he's calm. Nothing seems to fade this kid. And um, if Canada mm. would look in his playbook and pick a pass longer than seven yards, I think this. Is going to excel. That's another one. I'm not a fan of Matt Canada. I just I don't know that he fits our system. It's third and two. We're handing off, and we got no line. Speed sweep. Or it's third. And it's a speed throwing sweep. a two yard side route. Hey, go deep. That's what this kid does. Of course, I'm an armchair quarterback, and I know nothing about what's going on down there. But I will complain. Billy, I no comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No comment. Especially with Pick- I'd, run him, I'd be running Pickens till he got cramps. Just run him down. For- mm-hmm. I think he's going to be another one that's just going to be spectacular. I really do. What do you like? What do you like about Pickens' game? Uh, I think he catches everything that's near him, and and he's uh, fast. Mm-hmm. He's tough. He's got a little bit of Heinz Ward in him. You know, nobody's as tough as Heinz was as a receiver, but I could see he has that attitude. But he's he's his, yeah. his ability to make plays is unbelievable. Um, I, I haven't seen that in a receiver since not, not for many years that Dick just grabs everything that comes near him pretty much, you know, that mm. catches last year. That was like, rewind that, rewind that. Mm. Did he catch that? I mean, it, it was amazing to watch, you know? Okay. So if we're getting into receivers, yeah. how did you feel about the trade uh, for, with Chase Claypool um, for the Bears? I would have drove him to the airport. <laughs> I mean, I, Claypool, he's a solid player and, and big and tall, but man, them hands, them hands, you know, they just, it, a lot of dropsies, a lot of dropsies. And I just see, I see Pickens pulling in passes that he couldn't. So I think we're going to be all right because okay. I want to get, all right. Well, I, I, get, I grilled you there. That I, get, I gave you some good ones. Go ahead. What was that? I said, I don't want to get you in no trouble. I said that gently. <laughs> you did, I mean, you did. I don't know. I don't know. 
<laughs> no comment. No well, Billy, you said you were going to drive him to the airport. Damn, I don't even know how to react to that. Just say, hmm, is that right, Bill? No, it wasn't. <laughs> I, I I don't miss him. I don't. I, I think I think we're we're moving forward, and I, I maybe he'll his hands will get better in Chicago. I don't know who's going to throw to him, but we'll see. Hey, he's got Justin Fields. Mm. He's got Justin Billy Fields. Yeah, you're, you're you're not Ohio State fan. Well, no, I'm not an Ohio nothing fan. I, <laughs> those people drink Pepsi and eat Hunt's ketchup. I don't know what they're doing over there. Wow, he's man. There you go, Cam. Yeah. There you go. Hunt's ketchup. Seriously, what are you doing? No, nobody does. You're you're a psychopath if you That's do that. That's right. They're ruining a French fry. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you bring up the airport. What's your favorite moment? Moment. Seeing the Franco statue or going through the tunnel and seeing the stadium. Uh. Well. I think the Franco statue gets you in the mood for the going through the tunnel. So I think they're in the right order. Yeah. But you see that and you're like, okay. I'm home. And then you blast out of that. Yeah. It's just everything. It's just everything. I always try to pick a good okay. before I come out of the tunnel in my rental car, too. <laughs> for- you're coming through the tunnel. What's your favorite food spot? Well, my favorite food spot used to be uh, Rudy Marino's Hoagies. And I also, uh, uh, Veltri's Pizza was one of my favorites, but lately mm. my favorite is a place called Fiori's, which is right before you get, uh, right before you get through the tubes. And Randy Bauman's smile Bauman makes me think Fiori's is yeah, good. Yeah, Bauman turned me on. The taste. That, was, that was like hitting, hitting a, that, that's like crack. Like I have three of those. Before <laughs> I leave the, my hotel room just smells like I come home from Fiori's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 move it a little bit. Tell me who you're starting, who you're benching, and who you're cutting. Okay. You got Ben, you got Bradshaw, you got Kenny Pickett. Oh, come on, that's not fair, man. We're putting up Super Bowl legends against the kid. Um, you got to, you got to. Well, in that order, I mean, I got to start Bradshaw. I got to keep Big okay. Ben on the bench, and Kenny. I'm sorry, but considering where we're at. I, I think I'm starting Kenny though, so that's that's a hard one. But what 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 you got to think for the future? Well, but you you don't feel good about his well, future. I mean, now I know you're a Marvel fan. You got me in a weird timeline now. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> it's like it's like I'm with the bad Doctor Strange. I don't know what I'm not. I I think probably Bradshaw's my all time starter. Probably my all. Okay. So you think Bradshaw's better than Ben? Uh well, you know, if you measure it in Super Bowls. Maybe a little better, you know. Although mm-hmm. Ben was, amazing, that's fair. You know, Ben was amazing, and I, I think Kenny has the potential mm-hmm. to to be that. I think he can get us a couple. Okay, I got a, I got a side question. If you had Marino instead of Bradshaw, does the same thing happen? Mm, that's a hard question. I don't think so. I don't think so. Why is that? Uh, I just think that what was meant to be was meant to be. And that particular group at that time gelled in a way that, I don't know, it, it just seemed like the perfect fit for him. Now, I would not say no to Dan Marino. He's another, you know, my God, if they'd have got, you know, they solved Elway's problems by getting a running back. You, you think they would have done that for Dan. Poor Dan was down there throwing 1,000 yards, never had a running back, probably – the quickest release that anybody would ever seen and could throw on a dart. So I'm a big Marino fan too, but I, I think, 
I think Bradshaw was right for that team the way it was, the the way it happened, the way it all happened. And I know he didn't have the easiest time in Pittsburgh. We can be a tough city on people, but uh, boy, man, you can talk about pressure makes diamonds. That guy just just win after win after. And the deep balls were so beautiful. The deep ball. That I mean, you just just throwing rockets. Sometimes I think he just probably went in the huddle and went just you know just go deep. I don't even think. Oh, I, think, I think that's like how Ben was, though. Ben yeah. has a beautiful deep ball. Yes, he does. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people talk about no, that. No, he had a killer deep ball. And, and the, the gift that Ben had was he could extend that play because guys yes. could not get him on the floor, man. Ben could just, ex, you know, he'd expand the play and then he'd unleash, you know. Brad mm -hmm. felt like he took two steps and then Swan and Stallworth were downfield, you know. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm. I love that. All right. I want to say thank you so much for coming on. Body. Billy, you have been a pleasure to talk to today. You know, I, I'm glad we got to go down memory lane and hear some of these 70s stories, hear some of these Steeler fan stories. Um, you know, I know Ben's going to be very happy that, you know, he's going to be happy you didn't cut him, but he's not going to be happy no, when I know. you, you benched him. Yeah, he benched him for Brad. He's been very kind to me, man. He was so sweet. When I when I brought my mom down on the sideline, he came over and said hello and took pictures. And he, he was very, very good with me while he was there. No, I'm going to probably catch some crap for that. I got in trouble for hanging out with Howard. <laughs> to me about that, too. Oh, big shot. You can't call me no more. So. <laughs> no Hey, all the quarterbacks get a little bit of petty if they're not starting. So that, that's just the way it's going to be. I though. know. Not it was only. It was only. Tell them it was only by a, a couple ticks, two percentage points. That's all. <laughs> all right. Okay. That that'll be well for his ego. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this is another episode of Not Just Football. I want to say thank you to Billy for coming on today. Thank you to Hayden as well. But, Billy, you, you killed it. Hey, today. listen, man. Safe, healthy, successful season to you, man. Safe, healthy success, and I will be screaming in my living room for you. All right? So go get them. Appreciate it. Hopefully everybody uh, is ready for the draft because I know Billy man, is. Let's go. Thanks for taking a listen to our episode and getting a chance to talk with Billy Gardell. Thank him so much for coming on. Hayden, thank you as well for always coming on as well. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you like and subscribe and come back to the Not Just Football Podcast. We'll see you next time.